Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in here today on the free podcast edition of the Steve Day Show powered by CRTV on iHeart, iTunes, Stitcher. And soon, to be powered, as we announced yesterday, to be powered by Westwood One. We are looking forward to that. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Todd and Aaron are here along for the ride. Gentlemen, we just finished up today's CRTV show. Give the audience a little taste of what's to come. Aaron, I'll start with you. We counted down the top five movies of Christmas according to Dace. You won't believe what happened next. Subtext. Aaron and Todd may be looking for new jobs. Indeed. Yeah, you, you wouldn't think this is the topic where we could have perhaps brought the most shame ever upon the show. But we did it! <laughs> yes! Nice little see pun what I there. Did there. Yeah, I see yeah. what okay. you did there. Yeah. I like what you did there. Todd, I'm what back, about you? baby! I'm back! What about you? What stood out to you? Well, um, Robert Spencer, uh, Islamopho- Islamophobia is in the title. I can't remember the... Talk. Confessions of an Islamophobe yes. is his latest book. And it's an interesting talk about the tack he took and you know how he would address uh, the issue of Islam uh, in the past and now more fully embracing uh, uh, this titular notion, um, but doing so in a way that, you know, bullet-pointing, well, if... If this and this and this one, that means I'm an Islamophobe, i.e. I'm for women's rights, well, uh, so be it. It's I mean, He's he's come at the same topic from many ways. I don't know how many books that man's written, but he's uh, uh, prolific. But he does a really got, good job showing that, you know, most of us, this you know, we all worship the same God. It, we're, we're all lying to this, whether you're a Christian or not. You're not doing yourself a favor by not knowing this faith mm-hmm for what it says it actually is. Yeah, I mean, I, I have interviewed Robert, gosh, over a half dozen times over the years, you know, um, followed his work closely. And what I found fascinating about this is he has pushed back hard on charges of Islamophobia for years. I've done interviews with him where he's pushed back hard. That's why I opened the interview up asking him that question. And, I mean, essentially his response is progressives have made it that if you are not willing to become a Muslim yourself, basically, you're an Islamophobe. Well, if that's the terminology, I'm just not going to even fight it anymore. And I'm going to say, you're right. I'm, I believe in women's rights. I, you know, I, I believe in the sanctity of life. I believe in free speech. So if that makes me an Islamophobe, then I guess we have to wear it. So he's kind of going to turn it around on him. We'll right. see if, if this different approach works. But we get into much more about the Middle East and what's going on with Israel and Iran. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss that interview today on CRTV. CRTV.com. 
Dace.com uh, with the promo code Dace is how you can subscribe so that you don't miss it. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's a great time of year. You get a Christmas discount, uh, if this, especially if you want to make this a present for somebody. We even give you a mug of my mug, right? You get a free coffee mug as well because we pull out all the stops here at CRTV. All right. So CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Don't miss an episode, not just of our show. Well, Steve, I don't like your show. Cool. People you might actually like, you get that with my name as well. You get, um, name it, Malkin, Crowder, uh, McInnes, uh, Levin, uh, the entire team here. Phil Robertson at CRTV.com is at your fingertips just using my name, promo code DACE. Well, I'm always fascinated by attempts from the left to rewrite the scriptures. And the reason why I'm fascinated by it is because it's not new. I mean, we've been trying to rewrite the scriptures since Genesis chapter 3. This is how sin comes into the world. God says to Adam and Eve, I've given you total dominion over the planet I just made for you. The creation belongs to you. Go forth, multiply, subdue it. You're in charge. You take it from here. Oh, just one thing. This one thing here, though, is for me. The rest of it, though, is yours. Satan comes along, says, eh, did God really say that? Eve said, well, you know, God said not to even touch the fruit. That's not what God said. God said not to eat the fruit. Didn't say anything about touching the fruit. Right away, we're rewriting the scriptures. All right, so this is not new. Wanting to rewrite God's word. For what we wanted to say is not unique to progressivism. And we've pushed back on some of this from the right in recent years, particularly at election time, right? What is different about when the left does it, though, is it is rare. It doesn't happen often. Usually you either try to silence the word of God or bastardize it. It is rare Like Nero was much more interested just killing Christians than he was rewriting Christianity. (laughs) He just wanted to snuff it out. It is rare to try to do both simultaneously. And I guess, you know, hate the game, not the player, right? (laughs) To some degree, right? I guess, you know, from, you know, the sort of respect Patton had for Rommel, I guess I have that respect for our progressive opposition in that they are both right now at the U.S. Supreme Court trying to snuff Christianity out mere hours after they spent the entire weekend trying to rewrite it. And they do this a lot, right? I mean, how many times whenever immigration comes up do they want to point out that verse from Leviticus, which they always misquote? Because alien means what? Foreigner means you're not a citizen. Sojourner means what? I'm a journeyman. I'm passing through. It means you are not immigrating here. Okay, so they, they're right away, they are misappropriating the language there. And then, of course, if you say you believe marriage is between a man and a woman, then they will misappropriate Leviticus one more time and say, well, that means you want to stone gaze, like they did in the Old Testament. From the same book they just quoted from for their fake immigration policy. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, I can see why people just give up debating this stuff. Because you have to have... You have to have a, a, you have to be made for it. You have to crave it. Because the level, the swivel headedness of, of how the left can instantly, without batting an eyelash, go from trying to snuff out 
what we believe to trying to then reclaim it themselves and then back to snuffing it out and back to reclaiming it all in one fell swoop is exhausting. It's exhausting. It also makes it very hard to win an argument because they just change the rules all the time. And in an era where even now that we're up to 280 characters, it's tough to defeat raw emotion, unbridled emotion in a soundbite or one tweet or even a Facebook update. It requires a certain level of unpacking, a certain level of, of discipling. And, you know, the root, the root word, word of discipline is what? Disciple. This isn't something you just, oh, yeah, okay, that was a quick thing. I figured it out. Thanks. And you move on. With that said, I want to tackle the question that some on the left raised over the weekend about the GOP tax plan. Now, I'm not here to advocate for the GOP tax plan. I will tell you, um, I tend to defer to our own Daniel Horowitz on matters of policy because we pay him to study this. I don't know anybody who does it in a more exhausting, detailed fashion, but he also does it while being simultaneously more cynical than me. So I, I tend to outsource my thoughts on when we get into more complicated public policy to his analysis, because I like the mixture. I like the mixture of homework and cynicism that he does. I think that's a necessary, potent, potable Alex Trebek. We need that. And he's actually in favor, at least of the version that's come out of the Senate. He is supportive of that. Thinks the House version is garbage, but the, the, the version that came out of the Senate, he's all for. Thinks it's not perfect, but a relatively good piece of legislation. And most people, or he thinks everybody will see a pretty large tax cut to one degree or another. I don't want to debate the merits of that, though. Really quickly, can you clear one thing up, though? I will try. Because you, because I think people need to know. He, he says almost everybody will get a tax cut. The, the, one of the most pervasive arguments is that the middle class, in fact, won't be getting such thing. What is your understanding? Daniel disagrees completely with that. Right. When you look at the child tax credits and things of that nature that they've upped the ante on, uh, he thinks, uh, uh, I think when we asked him about this a few days ago on the show, he thought it could be between two to $4,000 right. per middle class family, depending on what your specific income bracket actually is. I mean, that's, a pretty, that's pretty substantial. That, that's, that's, a, that's a family vacation that maybe you didn't think you could take, okay? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's that's a pretty substantial. Yeah, that's new appliances. You could, hey, wife needs, our appliances are outdated. You just re-updated the appliances in your kitchen. You remodeled your kitchen. Yeah, that's, that's a nice chunk of change. I don't think there's, you wanna send another kid to a, a, a private school. I don't, that won't pay for all of it, you know? Well, it kinda might, you know, if it's three to $500 a month. It's pretty close, mm -hmm. you know. That's then you throw in the cruise amendment, which allows you to now use the same sorts of tax deferments for sending your kids to K through 12 private schools that you can when, for college funds. So that's a pretty good deal. Now Daniel's Daniel's disclaimer is: Let's wait and see what they come out of conference committee with when the House and Senate get together, because in his view, the House bill is garbage. Now the Senate bill is vastly superior, worth but fighting for. And does it, the fact I don't remember any level of rancor for the House bill, like we got for the Senate bill, which probably means the Senate bill is probably Senate good. The Senate bill is probably decent yeah. enough to make them. Well, if you're the, if you're a Democrat trying to run in 2018, 
remember we I went to war against the House bill a couple of months ago, remember? I, I pointed out this is like the, trying to lose the House majority in 2018 bill. I did a whole show on this. You're, you're essentially going to raise taxes on a lot of people my income level right. or higher. Well, we're going to be the people that live in the districts that are going to determine who has the speaker's gavel in 2019. Right. Not, they're going to win all the cities. Trump's going to win all the rural areas. It's going to be suburbia, exurbia is going to decide. That's ground zero. That's your that's your battleground. Who walks? Who whether Nancy Pelosi is speaker or Paul Ryan or an RRD. That's and now you're going to say you're going to raise taxes on those people. That House bill was trash, and it's because they were preemptively so afraid of playing of, of losing the class warfare game. And that's why the Democrats didn't fight it. They wanted that bill to become law. They, then they could go out there and campaign on. They raised the taxes on the middle class. Now, if you make silver $75,000 a year, you're, middle, you're, you're, you're not middle class anymore? I mean, that's garbage. That's what, that bill was garbage. Now, Daniel believes our buddies in the Freedom Caucus just went ahead and voted for it so they can get something out of the House, hoping that eventually, then once it got to the Senate, the Cruises and the Lees and the Rubios would come in and save it. And that's essentially what happened. I mean, uh, Cruz was able to fight the uh, Corker amendment which was going to essentially raise taxes he helped lead the fight against that he got the tax deferments for k-12 through education rubio and lee teamed up to greatly increase increase the child tax credit and that's the stuff that made this bill a lot better than what came out of the house that answer your question yeah but now the fight is when it gets into the conference committee uh will the house leadership try to water the bill down which is odd normally it's in, in it's right. always been the house is where we get the most conservative stuff and the senate was where all this goes to die this is rare that this actually worked the other way around this time so i can see why that created some confusion as well but i'm not going to debate the specific merits of that for the purpose of this exercise the purpose of this exercise for the next few minutes is the left is saying that the G- the gop plan is unbiblical and they're saying it's unbiblical on the grounds that people that are considered wealthy will be getting more of their money back. I want to take issue with that because the Bible actually does have a tax plan. And before I present it, I want to ask a couple of questions. Can you honestly sit there and tell me Now, if you don't believe in God, then the answer is yes. If you do believe in God, and if you don't believe in God and your answer is yes, then our conversation kind of ends at this point. If you do believe in God, though, how self-righteous do you have to believe, to have to be, to believe you care about people more than God does? How self-righteous do you have to be to believe you're more compassionate for the poor than God is? Jesus said, the son of man has no home, no place to hang his head. He lived, he lived off of charity his entire ministry. And this is what true self-righteousness yes. looks like. Yes. Because you yourself are setting a standard that doesn't yes. exist outside of yourself. That's right. Because when I, when I posted what the biblical taxation plan was on Twitter the other day, I looked in my replies, and there were people literally making the case. That's a terrible plan. They literally, so you understand what you're saying is. You care about people more than the, their creator does. You care about people more than God does. What time of year is this? 
Advent. Advent. What do we celebrate? What do we commemorate this time of year? The coming of Jesus in the flesh. For the purposes of what? Why did he come? Saving the whole world. How did he do that? Dying on the cross. Dying on the cross. Yeah. You have more compassion than that? You care more than that? By the way, uh, Joseph and Mary, were they rich? The exact opposite. Exact opposite. So, a Messiah born into a poor family, who essentially then, as an adult in his ministry, has to live off the compassion and kindness of friends and, and, and strangers. You care more about poor people than he does. That's basically what you're saying if you disagree with what I'm about to tell you. And I wanted to start by pointing that out because I know when I say this, that's the reaction some of you listening are going to have. You're going to find this is just deplorable. Pun intended. The biblical tax plan is very simple. There's only really two points to it. There's not a code. We don't have qualifiers, disclaimers, no exemptions. Everybody pays the same rate. And they write the check themselves. That's it. That's the entire tax plan. Your God, your creator, gave to his people Israel when he made them into his own nation. Everybody paid the same rate. And they cut the check themselves. That was it. That's the whole plan. The rate they paid was 10%. Everybody paid 10%. Steve, it's not fair. Rich people pay 10% and poor people pay 10%. Are rich people paying more than poor people? Are they paying more? Well, yeah. Is 10% of $10,000 more than 10% of $100? Todd, is that more? Correct. Okay. So God agrees with you. Rich people should pay more. To whom much is required, or too much is given, much is required. So did rich people pay more in taxes? Yes. Should they have morally? Yeah, because they have more. But the rate was the same. Why was the rate the same? Well, one of those little sins mentioned in the Ten Commandments is thou shall not covet. Another way of saying covet is be jealous. How we might put it is thou shall not class warfare. Thou shall not claim that because somebody has more oxen than you, you deserve one of theirs. Now, we could make an argument if you've got so many oxen on your farm that nine of them are just sitting over here grazing and not doing a damn thing, and you got a starving family next door, does the Word of God say, hey man, have some compassion and give them one of your oxen? You're not doing anything with it. Does it say that? Dang right it does. Does it say, though, that if they aren't compassionate, you're allowed to go on their private property, take that oxen from them, and say, hey, that's uh, justice. Are you allowed to do that either? That's another commandment issue. Yeah, that's called stealing. Proverbs says, if a man who is hungry steals from you, you're not angry with him, but he still must pay back four times what he took. That's right in the book of Proverbs. You still must make restitution. You're not angry with the poor guy who's hungry that steals from you, but he still can't be a thief. The idea of blind justice comes right out of the scriptures. Let neither the rich man bribe you or the poor man manipulate you emotionally. Turn neither to the right nor to the left. Stay on the narrow path. 
Not to mention, here's one of the reasons why you can't just walk on somebody's yard if they have extra oxen and take it from them. Because you might think, hey man, you've got nine oxen just sitting over there, not doing a damn thing. My family's starving during this drought. That ain't right. Here, it may To you, it may appear to be wrong. Here's what you don't, may not know. You may not know that that farmer next to you is bringing in his entire in-law family of in-laws are coming to stay on their farm because their farm's dead from the drought they just had and he is saving those oxen to feed his own family you don't know that could could he be a could he be a greedy miser could that be true sure have there always been greedy misers yeah but see since you're not god you don't know the whole backstory of what's going on over there that guy could be a could be a total canoe total piece of poop could be Lionel Barrymore's character in It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Potter. He could also be planning to be very charitable to people that need him, and that's why he set those oxen aside so that they would be able to help work, do the extra work in the fields he's going to need to feed more mouths. That's why judge not lest ye be judged, for by the same standard, you, you know that Matthew 7 you guys like to quote out of context, lefties all the time? Allow me to uh, quote it to you again. Judge not, lest ye be judged, for by the same standard you judge others, so shall you also be judged. I suppose if I walk into your house, you have a big screen TV, I should say, hey, why do you need a TV that big? I don't know what's going on in your family. Maybe you decided, you know what, movie nights and video game times as a family, that's how we come together. And we bought a really nice TV set because that's what we like to do with our, is that for me to judge you? No. But if by this standard, should I, can I judge you like that? Sure, I can judge you by your own standard. You bet I can. Because that's what self-righteousness gets you, is this game. The biblical tax plan is very simple. Everybody pays the same rate, so no progressive taxation. The idea that your rate is higher because you're successful. The kingdom of God is actually a meritocracy. William Bradford was wondering... How do I come up with a system to incentivize my colony of Puritans? Because we've done this the last two winters where we tried to live like Acts 2 where we shared everything in common and a bunch of people aren't working and people are starving and dying. And he gets to one of the parables Jesus says in Luke. The parable of the talents. And he sees the one who did the most with the talent that was given him, is given even more. And the one who did the least with the talent that was given him, but hit it, golemed it, my precious, had even that taken away. Whoever is faithful in a little will be made faithful over even more, and whoever has not been faithful in a little will have even that taken away. That's your, those are the words of your hippie Jesus lefties you like to quote all the time. Introducing the concepts that would become known in this continent as capitalism to the world. And so the Puritans created a system where they said, tell you what, the more crops you bring in for the colony, for the harvest this fall, the more land you will then be given next spring for your family. In other words, they incentivized profit. And what happened in a year? Within a year, their yields tripled, and this thing called the United States of America was off and running, baby. 
Because as Michael Caine's Alfred says to Bruce Wayne's, to Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne in The Dark Knight Rises when he asks, how come we're not sponsoring this nonprofit orphanage for boys anymore? And Alfred looks at Bruce Wayne and says, your lazy ass has been sitting up here. Hold up. You're not running the company anymore. And if there's no profits, there's no nonprofits. That's the answer, Bruce. The rich paid more in God's economy, a lot more. Well, Steve, what about the story of the widow's might? That wasn't a biblical taxation. It was a pagan system. Very much like the one we have. It was a Roman pagan system. Very much like the one we have now. They were not living under God's law. They were living under the law of Caesar. That's that whole point when Jesus says, hey, hand me that denarii. It's whose face is on this? Then render under Caesar that which is Caesar's, render under God's that which is God's. Rome was not a direct theocracy. And at that time in human history, they were the symbol of opposition in the world to God's kingdom. When our country was founded, you know it was against the law for, st- for, for taxes to be greater than 10%. Did you know that? In fact, those were, that was the law for over 100 years everywhere in America. Why? Because it was considered immoral for an earthly government to ask more of the people than God does for his church. Think about that. So progressive taxation, where the rates are manipulated based on your level of achievement, is immoral. It's unbiblical. That's where things like the estate tax come from, the death tax. Taxing somebody after they're dead. Immoral. What is moral is the rich pay more, but they pay the same rate. Because we don't pit people against each other. God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care about your social class. You are every bit as accountable to the law and to the requirements of government as are the poor. And they are every bit as accountable to the law and the requirements of government as are the rich. And they will all, whether they were a prince or a pauper in this life, stand naked for judgment individually before the most powerful being in the universe after they take their last breath on this planet. That was the plan. And you write the check yourself. But could you imagine if we had no paycheck withholding? Hey, you're big on this. This is my big, I think it would revolutionize America overnight more than, more than anything short of spiritual revival. I really believe that. Short, short of a great awakening, ending paycheck withholding of all taxation would revolutionize America more than anything else. Make you write that check yourself. Write it yourself. Then come back and tell me they don't have enough of our money. Actually, actually, not just glance or ignore the gross number on your pay stub, but when you go to the bank, have them give you that money. It's in your possession. You can spend it. And then write that check. Oh, I can promise you, we would have the most efficient government in the history of humankind if we had that animal. This could be like your, ultimately your Wilbur, Wilbur, Wilberforce uh, 
William Wilberforce moment where he's trying to get rid of the slave trade and ultimately he does it through some weird yes, law of the seas another kind of thing. Quorum, yeah. quorum you rule to, to do it. Yes. You want to transform the culture, but if you can pull this thing off, who knows, man? Yes. That's that, that that's the end run. You know what? We're just going to stop. We're not, we're not going to scale back government at all. We're not going to change anything at all. Only thing we're going to change is it's poor economics. It's bad. It's bad monetary policy for a culture. It's bad for the economy to confiscate the resources of the people right off the top. It limits their spending power. It incurs inflation. It's better, actually, for you, to, you and I to have all our money so that we can put it back in the economy and then write the check later anyway. That's actually better economic policy anyway. It's a diversified portfolio. Yes, it is. Yeah. This is terrible economic theory to begin with, doing it this way. So I'm not going to argue with you about what government... We're not going to cut anyone. We're not going to cut a single one. You're going to get every sugar daddy pimp job backslap you want all we're going to change is you're going to write the check yourself and we're going to sell it on we're giving you all that money right now Christmas time you got everybody to buy for and then your kids don't forget this teacher that teacher don't forget this pastor this priest right you're 40 50 60 75 dollar and yourself to death right about now aren't you I know we are in our house all right don't worry about that Pay it no mind. You're getting every dime you earn because the worker is worth his wages. The worker's worth his hire, Jesus said. So you get that money. Only thing is, every April, you're going to write that check. And it's going to be a son of a motherless goat, okay? It's going to hurt your hand to write that check when you see how much it really is. And boy, howdy, with the size and scope of government, change radically. I don't think it would survive two years. I think just one year of writing that check. Oh, Steve, you have too much faith in human nature. Oh, no, you have it backwards. Because I have no faith in human nature, I am confident. Confident. I don't think any of our arguments for limited government on moral grounds can win. I don't. That's why, I'm, that's why it's revival or bust for me. Because if people aren't already morally prepared, they won't want limited government. Limited government doesn't make people moral, guys. Moral people want limited government. It's the other way around. Okay? Oh, no. It's precisely because I'm all in on total depravity. Do it this way. Take all your money. You earned it all. Just by April 15th, it's your Uncle Bingo. Time to write the check. Okay? One year. One year is all it would take. And the radically different look at government we would have, not because we are abandoning our, our foundations, not because of adherence to our Constitution and reverence for our Declaration of Independence. Oh, no. Not for any of the good reasons. For all of the selfish, materialistic ones. You're asking me for how much of my money back? Uh, hell to the no. That would do it. Just one time. That's all it would take. That's it. So that's your plan. Everybody pays the same rate. 
You lefties, you want to go by what the Bible says? I'm with you. Everybody, it's a flat tax and no paycheck withholding. Everybody pays the same rate and they cut the check themselves. That's it. It's a two-part plan. That's the king of the universe's plan for taxation. Final thoughts, Todd. What's it? It's... When when we break it down like that, the, the the switch over to a flat tax. See, I mean, it, they present the you know Forbes and the postcard and things like that. But the 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 shift over to it institutionally seems to people like it's like oh we've gone too far. It's just Herculean. But there, there's some truth to that, but probably far less because of the mental issue you're talking about if you did paycheck withholding first i bet the inertia you could build up for that institutional switch would seem far less daunting to people yeah just sell it on we're give you all your money back and this is the time of year you do it right now people are scrimping pennies okay gift sugar for this family member or swiss colony for this family member omaha steaks for this one I'm telling you what's going on on my half. <laughs> That's why I know all these names. All right. Oh, I've got, I've got this Zoe's friend, $50 gift card here for that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at this point right now, when I walk into the gift card registry uh, aisle at Walmart, Steve, all right, I'm freaking Norm <laughs> at this point. Okay. I think I got like a plaque with my face on it up there. I, I buy so many of them this time of year. I'm not alone. So run the, the PSAs, your government yeah, PSAs. Right. You know what? We f- we feel your pain. So we're giving you your money back. You just write us the check in April. We'll call it even. Merry Christmas. Have a crazy Kwanzaa. Tripped out Ramadan. Eight crazy you nights. Know all the it's all you. That are usually brought up when we do we talk about this sort of thing. You know, you haven't you haven't really looked at the unforeseen consequences when you do something this big, and and, and that kind of paralyzes people. And here it would be like, hey man. I, I've seen my consequences and it's more money in my bank, okay? Yep. And now do, do you what want you gotta your, do. Would you like all the... Here's my commercial. Not even 30 seconds. Would you like all the money in your paycheck every week? We're gonna give it to you. It's 10 second PSA. <laughs> That's all it is. No one's gonna say no. No one's gonna say no to that. This is a version of Cloward Piven for the IRS, yes! basically. It's a, there's a reason why liberals never write... I wish somebody would show me... Um, Jim Wallace's tax return. I'd like to see his tax returns. The guy who's the fake evangelical but is really a Marxist. I'd love to see, does he pay more? Because if government taxation and, and, and reappropriation, redistribution is morality, then if we're not doing enough, what should he be doing, do you think? They should all be paying more. Does Jim Wallace lead a campaign of pay more on your own? It's compassion. Of course not. He's a freaking lying hack. That's why. That's another reason why you just so. expose every lying hack you have everybody. Make them argue now against giving people their own money back. Make them argue. Not changing any tax rates. We're going to keep all the welfare state. Nothing changes. You just get your own money. Everything else stays yeah, the he same. Should, he should wear like one change of clothes and live yeah, in a yeah, cardboard box instead Jim, of Jim, having three houses like Bernie Sanders. Is so, that what you're saying? Jim, I can't believe you don't want that single mom in the projects with five kids not to have enough money from her three part-time jobs to buy Christmas gifts for her family for boys this year why do you hate why do you hate black people and poor people Jim why do you hate them so much doesn't it feel good to do that for once my plan gets you there so the, the, my, my plan is the dirty hairy and it ain't even make my day it's the 
Did he fire five shots or did he fire six planes? It's that dirty Harry. Gun right at the head. Just dare me. How many did I how many did I fire, do you think? Because I really want to pull this trigger. So just ask me nicely and I will. I want you don't have to make my day. I'll make it for me. Thanks. Tell me how you argue against this. You can't. That's why I've that's why I've always said my entire career, if I could ever change one thing, ever, this would be it. Because the dominoes that would fall after this would make everything else we want happen. Want Planned Parenthood defunded? Folks could have a whole different outlook on paying to subsidize the well, killing of children no, no. when they're writing the check themselves. We're, we're already there, though. I mean, we, we have the Bullworth presidency on some level now. Isn't that just an entire presidential campaign on that coming down the pike and other yes. things like it? And see, I know him well enough to believe that I think he could actually be moved to do stuff like when I'm talking, these kinds of stunts, which is why I seriously mold over joining his team, guys. The conversation we're having right now, I knew he had the temperament to do it. I just, in the end, Amy and I made the decision he would do things from a moral, moral standpoint that would put us in an indefensible position. But this is why I nearly said, yeah, I'm in. Because I do believe he would do some of these Bullworth kind of antics. Absolutely. I'll tell you this, he's going to move that embassy, I believe. I don't think any Republican we've elected the last, or tried to elect the last, since Reagan might have the balls to do that. And probably not because he really cares. It's probably because he's thinking like he's playing Monopoly yes. and he just got Park Place. Yes, yes. I've given up needing you to do the right thing for the right reasons. Parenting will do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just going to do what I asked without caring, without me wanting you to uh, just do it anyway. Yes. Talk to me. All right. That's going to do it for today's podcast. I feel better. Thank you. Don't forget CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.